Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the book of Esther, chapter 4, as we continue our study of the book of Esther. That's Megillah Esther, Perak Dalit. In the last chapter 3, there's several points I need to remind us of so that we can understand properly chapter 4. First of all, of, of course, the unfortunate and terrible decree that was of genocide against the Jews that was to take place on the next the upcoming 13th day of Adar, last month of the year. And this decree had now been spread throughout the entire kingdom. And uh, the Jews, unfortunately, had to deal with um, this, uh, this awful, awful possibility of, of, of murder and genocide. I also want to remind you of a couple of pointers that are somewhat different than what you may remember from your studies as a child or throughout the years that I had pointed out when we studied this chapter. And one of them was, the, the, the main one was the way I understood the interaction between Mordechai and the court and Haman when Mordechai refused to bow. And I want to go back now to chapter 3 to remind us of, of of chapter 3, verse 4, that was, when the people of the court kept on saying to Mordechai on a daily basis, why don't you bow? Why, why are you disobeying the king's order? Why do you, do you not bow to Haman? And he refused to listen to them. And then, the people told Haman to see if the words of Mordechai would be um, would be would be fulfilled. In other words, and the way I understood this, and I described it in detail last time, so please, if you haven't, let's go ahead and listen to chapter 3, was that there was a debate. Mordechai's reason for not bowing down was because Mordechai did not believe that there was a decree from the king that everyone should bow down to Haman. And the hint to that was in the words, at verse 2, the king only told Haman supposedly about this decree. So Mordechai, by stating that he was a Jew, is stating that I am therefore being loyal to the king, which is consistent with, with Mordechai's reporting the two conspirators, Big Son of Seresh, to the king, because he was loyal to the king. So this Hayamdu Devei Mordechai is a classical, is a classic uh, court intrigue where the people are looking to see, is Haman going to gain and keep the influence with the king that Haman claims he has, and therefore everyone should bow down to him? Or is Mordechai's words going to hold and is Haman going to have an eventual downfall? Now you and I, because we know the end of the story, know that eventually Mordechai's loyalty to the king is, and Haman's lack of loyalty to the king is what led to the downfall of Haman. So Mordechai's words did work. However, at this point in the game, it certainly seems as if Mordechai's strategy has failed and Haman's strategy has won. Another thing that's really important that I want to mention that also it's going to be very important to understand chapter 4 is that Haman, when he went to the king and said that we need to uh, get rid of the Jews in the empire, he did not say that it was because Mordechai did not bow down. It's very important to note this. It's a, I think it's a huge misconception that we think was Mordechai. Mordechai's not bowing down is what made Haman angry and what made Haman want to destroy the Jews. However, 
when Haman presented it to the king, what he presented was that the Jews are not loyal because they have their own language, they're scattered, they keep their own rules, etc. So it, this is an important point, and I want you to bear this and keep this in mind as we study chapter 4, because this will answer a lot of questions that, that are um, latent as we study chapter 4. The first verse of chapter 4 reads as follows. Four, Esther 4.1 And Mordechai knew everything that had happened everything that had occurred. This phrase in and of itself is, is the commentaries jump on this phrase. What do you mean Mordechai knew everything that was done? The entire, it, uh, presumably this refers to the decree against the Jews. Of course he knew. The entire kingdom knew. We just announced that it had to been, it was posted in all of the town squares. It was announced throughout the entire kingdom. There was runners throughout the kingdom. The entire city was dumbfounded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. We just described in, in intricate detail how popularized this, no, this terrible decree was. So what does it mean Mordechai knew? Like he had some kind of um, access to some, to some information that other people didn't know? So I'm going to suggest that, yes, Mordechai knew some things that other people did not know. Mordechai knew and understood the intrigue that led up to this decree. But other people thought Mordechai was a loyal courtier who stood up for his loyalty to the king. And, Hama, and, and other people did not know that it was this, this, um, this intrigue between Mordechai and Haman in the king's court that led to this decree. People in general had no idea. They thought that Mordechai was still a powerful uh, and influential person in the court of the king, especially because he had given up big son of Sarah. And the fact that he stood up and refused to bow to Haman because he was loyal to the king, they may have known that. So the, the people did not know. But Mordechai knew and understood that it was Hayam Dudivari Mordechai, that his words, his strategy, his loyalty was not helping him and seemed to have failed dramatically in the worst possible way. His loyalty led to, the, to Haman going to the king and gaining even more influence and then using that influence for such an awful outcome, which then explains Mordechai's actions. Rather than go to the court of the king and, and this, to figure out a way to try to do something about this decree, Mordechai didn't have any idea what to do. His entire strategy had fallen apart. So this explains the second part of this verse. Mordechai went and tore his clothing. And he dressed in sackcloth and ash. And he went out into the city. And he cried out with a terribly, terrible, great and bitter cry. Why? Because some of the commentaries ask, well, why didn't Mordechai go to the court? Why didn't he try to strategize, call a meeting of his advisors, think what he can do? Well, that's because Mordechai has just had his entire strategy and all of his influence in the court just went kaput. It just went down. He had no, he now had no influence. He was the one, he was just, his strategy had shown to have completely and utterly failed and backfired in his face. So by Avoad Lefnei he came, this is verse 2, until the gateways of the king, 
because you cannot go even into the court with sackcloth. It would be disrespectful to go into the king's court with sackcloth. Mordechai actually performed, did acted in such a way that disabled him from going into the king's court and trying to influence things because he had been rejected and he had lost. Uvuchal Medina, Medina, this is verse 3, and in every one of the provinces, places where the word of the king and his laws have reached, as they reached those places farther and farther out into the reaches of the kingdom, there was tremendous mourning among the Jews that resided within those Medinot, within those provinces, with Tzom and fasting, and crying, and lamentation. Everyone was gathered and lying in sackcloth and ash warning this terrible, terrible decree. So as we, um, uh, now as we have a, this play, the leader, we, we have this understanding, the leader of the people, Mordechai, has no more access to the king's court because his credibility is completely lost. His strategy of loyalty to the king has backfired. But So what does Mordechai do? Um, this is the following, this is what happens next. Verse 4, so uh, Esther's uh, 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 young women who assisted, who were her assistants, and her eunuchs that were in charge of uh, taking care of her, uh, came by Agidula and they told her that Mordechai was mourning and crying in sackcloth. Now, the general understanding is that and the queen was terribly, terribly agitated and frightened and 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 moved by this. Uh, Mordechai's behavior. The common understanding of this is that Esther, being holed up in the castle, in the king's palace, simply did was not aware of this news. I would like to suggest that that is not at all what happened over here. It, it, one can imagine that maybe she had no idea being in the queen's castle, who you know, not knowing what's going on in the public. But it's very hard to believe. She had access. She had these these her her sarisim, her eunuchs, her assistants, the na'arog, the girls that assisted her. She had contacts with the outside world. It would be unusual to imagine that she didn't know. I think it's so that's one of the questions that the commentaries always deal with. <laughs> but according to our understanding, it's actually very simple. What Esther is surprised about and so agitated about and so upset about is that that she knew of the decree and she was obviously upset like any other Jew would be upset horrifically upset about the decree but what Esther did not know was the intrigue and the fact that Mordechai had lost his position and the fact that this occurred because of the of the of the arguments of the of the um, competition between Mordechai and Haman and the fact that Mordechai is now unable to do anything to save the people so her first reaction is is being afraid and agitated that her supporter, the one who is the leader of the Jewish people, Mordechai, now has nothing to do. He has no more influence. So and the first thing she does is she sends him clothing, so that Mordechai can get dressed. 
and to take the sackcloth off the low-key bell, and he did not accept it. What many commentators ask, why is she sending him clothes? It's as if he doesn't have clothes. I'm sure she realizes that he has clothes. The point is, is she said, she's telling him, no, I want you to be able to go into the king's court because I want you to have that influence because Esther at this point doesn't know or, um, why, why is it that Mordechai is giving up? Why is it that he is not trying to influence this process and taking on the mantle uh, that, that a leader is supposed to? He's supposed to go into the king's court and do something. So... The next verse then makes sense. Fatikra Esther Lahatach. So Esther went and called Hatach, who is one Misari Sehamalach, who is one of the eunuchs of the king, one of the assistants of the king, Asher Hamid that the king had placed before Esther to serve Esther. And she commanded him regarding Mordechai to understand what is this about and why is this true. In other words, if you're refusing to go into the king's court and do what I know you have always been doing until now, what is the story? What is happening? What is going on? So verse 6, went out to Mordechai to the streets of the city, in other words, because he was not in the king's court. The streets that were before, but outside, the gateway to the king's palace. And Mordechai told him everything that had happened to him. This is crucial. What do you mean, Mar the, the commentaries all, all wonder, what do you mean what happened to him? It's what hap what's happening to the Jewish people, that's the issue. But no, the Jewish people, Esther already knows, More, everyone already knows. What Mordechai is telling him is what happened to him, that I made a mistake. I was loyal to the king. I didn't bow to Haman. I thought that my loyalty to the king, especially in light of Bikram Hashares, would help keep the uh, would help maintain my influence. But no, instead, Haman's influence increased. And then he explained about the money that Haman offered to pay the king, which explains, in Mordechai's mind, that explains why is it that Haman was so successful because he paid the king off. And once the king shows that he's he's willing to dispose of an entire people and commit genocide because of money, then my influence is gone. My loyalty is meaningless. What is my loyalty worth when Haman can outpay me and out-influence me in such corrupt ways by Yudim Labdam that he put that the money that he offered to destroy the Jews? And then he showed him the Patshegin Ksavadas. He showed him the 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 actual language, the written text of the law, Shernitan Bishusham. So Mordechai showed him uh, the, that was the law that had been put out in Shusham, Lashmidam to destroy the Jews. Notan lo laharot Esther, he gave it to him to show Esther lahagid law and to tell her. There's several points in this verse here which the commentaries discuss. One is why does he have to show her? What is what's the point of saying the text of the, the written text? According to what we have been explaining. This is very important because the written text does not say anything about, about the, the bowing down and the lack of bowing down and so on, uh, that, that it was, you know, the, the episode. What, the, the, what it shows, though, is, is that Haman used his influence with the king simply by influencing the king because Haman, uh, and, 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 and because Haman's tactics and strategies ended up winning over the, um, the tactics and strategies of Mordechai. But Mordechai says, when loyalty doesn't work, we're lost. We have nothing. And therefore, 
when when it's when we're up against corruption and bribery, we're lost. And this is the message that Mordechai wanted to to convey to Esther, and that's why the actual text of the document was so important. And then it repeats again, to show her and to tell her. So what does it mean? And to tell her what? So I, I noticed the the Rabag mentions and to tell her that it was Mordechai's not bowing down that caused the whole thing. I want to add to what the Rabag's explanation and say that it was Mordechai's attempt at loyalty that failed. It was Mordechai's strategy of being a loyal, honest person that failed. Dishonesty, lies, that's what's winning. Whereas honesty and loyalty is losing the game at this point. And therefore, therefore, Mordechai now had no longer any ability to go to the king's court. So now he wants to command Esther, to go to the king, to appeal to him, and to plead in front of him over her nation. So Hatach came and told Esther all of the words of Mordechai. So now Esther knows not only is there a decree against the people, but she also knows that Haman has paid off the king and that his corruption has led to his rise in influence. And she also knows that Mordechai's loyalty and Mordechai's honesty has failed and he has no influence. So she cannot depend on him anymore. So Vatomer Esther Laatach, the first answer of Esther in verse 10, she says to Atach, Vatitzaveo Mordechai and commanded him to bring the following message to Mordechai. Kolav Dehamelach, all the servants of the king, Vamedinotamelach, and all of the nations of all of the provinces of the king, Yodim, they all know, Asher called Ishvi Isha, that any man or woman, Asher Yavoelamelach, that comes to the king, Elachotzerapnimus, into the inner courtyard, Asher Loi Kore, if he or she has not been called in, there's just one rule, they will die, finished. That's it. You, if you walk into the king's inner chambers to plead whatever cause it is that you want to, it doesn't matter. If, if, if you were not called in and, and you were not asked to come, you will be put to death. Unless the king uh, puts out his scepter and welcomes the person in it, his golden scepter, then that person might live. However, I... Esther says, I haven't been called into the king for 30 days. So apparently, uh, you know, I'm putting my life at risk if I go in to see the king. And you should know this, Esther says. So they told Mordechai what Esther's response was. And then Mordechai answers one of the most famous answers in the entire Bible. Mordechai 13, and this is something we could, speaks to us in all of our lives. And Mordechai said that this should be the answer that you should give to Esther. This is because they're speaking through a middleman. Remember, Mordechai is out in the street. Don't imagine uh, and don't think that your life, Lehimolet, will be saved. Beit HaMelech, in the house of the king, Mikol Ayudim, from all the Jewish people. Don't think that just because you seem to be in a secure position, that you'll be okay when all the rest of your people are put, being put to death. If you are silent in this time, you are the one person that has the position and possibility to do something. And if you don't step up to the plate and do something, the Jewish people will be saved. Some relief and deliverance will come from some other place. God will figure out a way to do it. But he's giving you the opportunity to do this now. And if you don't step up to the plate, you and your family will end up being lost. 
who knows God's plans? We don't know God's plans, but who knows in Le'it Kazos if it was for this specific time he got Lamalchut that you were put in this position. This is something that we all find ourselves many times in our lives in the position to do something. God puts us in a position to help another person, to help other people, to do something good, to step up to the plate and do something. Now, we don't know God's plans, just like Mordechai said. We don't understand fully why God does what he does and why we're in the positions that we're in. But we do know that when that opportunity comes, if we don't step up to the plate and do it, God's world will move along, but we will have missed the opportunity to do what we were meant to do. And then we will end up falling into the large abyss full of people who missed opportunities. Atomer Esther Lashiva Mordechai, Esther got the message and she said, after she heard Mordechai's answer, she said, okay, I'm going to do what I need to do. And this should be your answer to Mordechai. Lech, I, I need help. I will do what I need to do, but I need help. So we need to pray. Lech Kenosas Kol gather all of the Jewish people on in Tzim B'Shushan that are found in the city of Shushan. But and let them fast for me. And they should not eat, and should not drink, for three days, day and night. And I and my my girls that are with me, we will also fast in the same way. And in this way, then I will come to the king, which is against the law. And if, and if God decides that me doing this means that I'm going to die, then I will die. So pray for me. All the people should pray for me so that um, hopefully God will hear our prayers and I will walk in and out in peace and save the people. So Mordechai left the place where he was standing near the gate. And he did just as Esther had asked him to do. He went to the city of people of uh, the Jews of the city of Shushan and asked them to all involve themselves in three days of fasting and prayer. Thank you so much for studying Esther chapter 4 together. Looking forward to studying Esther 5 and of course the entire book of Esther together.